player 2 has joined the game. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 183 of the 2 Player Co-op Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts here, Kevin, along with my brother from my mother, Sean. How are we doing? Fan. Fantastic. If this is the first time you're seeing or hearing us, this is the Two Player Co-op Podcast, where just about every week, two brothers get together to tell you everything you need to know about in the world of video games. If you like that, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share the video with your friends, family, and everyone in between. I will say, Sean, we've been making some good progress over at youtube.com slash co-op, haven't we? That is correct. As we're recording this, hopefully this doesn't age poorly, and by the time it posts two days from now, we've dropped like five or six subs. But as the time we're recording this, we're at 9.56. Our goal is to get to 1,000. If you like us and if you watch us regularly, it would mean the absolute world to us if you would just tell your friends, family, family, and anybody in between to literally go over to youtube.com slash two-player co-op, hit the subscribe button, and it would mean the world to us. Um, it's not about making money on YouTube. It's just really we have to get to the level where YouTube recognizes us as actually being like a real channel. Um, so that we show up in searches, more people can find us, all that other stuff. So we're on a quest to get to a thousand. We're going to get it sooner than later, I think, but we really need your help. So tell your friends, family, and everyone in between to go to youtube.com slash two player co-op and subscribe. If you listen on audio services only, thank you, but also go to YouTube, hit the subscribe button. It means the world to us. If you really like us, you can go to patreon.com slash two-player co-op, just like our producers, Steve Appleton, Aunt Sue, and Vernon Slayton did, as well as our affiliates, Logan Wilkinson and James Solar. James, thank you for the bump. We do appreciate that so, so much. If you like merch, you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash two-player co-op. If anybody actually wants a two-player co-op like mask, I guess we can do that on Teespring now. Just, I mean, I kind of want one. I, I kind of do too, but I've got my Nintendo. Well, I'll, wh- whatever. I'm not going to wear it on the podcast. I got a Nintendo N95. Are uh, you NES are you, controller? Are you starting over again? Why? No. What do I do? No, you're. I'm saying the. Oh, okay. No, I'm just lazy. I showered before <laughs> this, which is a feat in and of itself. <laughs> I was just too lazy. I didn't have enough time after putting the kids to bed. Jess is having a. Uh, socially distant birthday party for Aaron. Aaron had her 39th birthday today. So they're all sitting six feet apart in her yard eating cake, apparently. And I'm assuming drinking wine. Um, So I had to put the kids to bed and I showered, which again is a big deal, but I didn't have the time to shave. So no, Tom Selleck's not coming back. And neither is my quote unquote beard, which is the worst thing ever. I I randomly clicked on a video from like a month ago or something. (laughs) And I was like, my God, Kevin, why? It's like that first verse is that, oh, no, that's what it was. It wasn't this recent run. It was, I went back and looked at our, I I clicked on, because somebody commented something TMNT related. Oh. Tournament fighters? No, it was, it was. I think it was our Bernardo episode where he was saying, why do you think Turtles in Time is better than Hyperstone? And I, I clicked, I was like, hey, you should check out the first Versus episode we ever did. I looked it up, I copied it, and I commented it. And then I went back and kept watching the video. And I was like, oh my God, this is when I was really trying to like unironically do a goatee. And it was not a good thing. 
Um, so that will never, ever, ever be coming back. I just was too lazy to shave. Maybe I'll be, I'll shave between now and the next episode, but it could be tomorrow and I'll look like this again next week. So who knows? Uh, if we ever get to twitching again, it will be at twitch.tv slash two player underscore co-op. Also nerd 901 St. Jude play live continues this week. Uh, let me see what Nick said. The schedule, he sent it to me. Hold on. Ernie, the blurred without fear will be on nerd uh, twitch.tv slash nerd 901 on Thursday. And Adam Shafani will be on Saturday. Um, again, like I said last week, these guys are doing amazing work. Ernie, I'm sorry for my comments on the games from the Xbox showcase last week. Again, I was wasted. Um, and I just, it's ignorance. So sorry, bro. Uh, before we get into everything else this week, Sean, this, I, I just got to talk about it cause this just happened today and it's better to give it out, get it out of the way now rather than later. Uh, Shad Gaspard, if you're a WWE fan from the late aughts, mid to late aughts, I would say. Uh, he was the big guy in Crime Time, which again, freaking Vince, like the most stupid, racist name ever for a black tag team in WWE because Vince. But um, I love those guys. And apparently we got word today that he seemingly has passed away. So when I'm reading, so our mom sent us the article, which I was like, he's missing. That's weird. I didn't even click on it. And then I started going on Twitter and I saw an article from wrestling news source that said they've called off the search for him. And I was like, what the hell? And I clicked on it. And apparently what happened is I forget where in Florida, but the beaches have reopened in certain areas. And he was there with his 10-year-old son. He was there with his 10-year-old son, and um, they were just out in the water. And apparently what happens, it seems, and this is one of the things that, that has always scared me to death about the beach. It's not, you know, a kid runs in when they don't have their floats on. It's not a shark. It's none of that. It's rip currents. And apparently what happened is Shad and his 10 year old son, by the way, I have a 10 year old son. So this hit extra hard. Uh, we're out in the water and they got caught in a rip current and the lifeguards went out to save them. And Shad reportedly told them, I'm not quoting here, but, he basically said, don't worry about me, save my son. And they did. And uh, they never found Shad. And shoot. Um, it's always easier when you just read stuff, you know? It's like when you start talking about it that it just really, at least for me, it just really hits you. Um Shad Gaspard was a phenomenal wrestler and I really always hated that he got booked in this stupid crime time gimmick. And now he is probably gone. And essentially his last words were, don't worry about me, save my son. Um, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know, I've really fallen off of WWE and wrestling in general, honestly, 
over the last six months or so, if not probably more, honestly. Um, but when you hear about stuff like this, it's like, it just sucks. It just hurts. And it's, it's real, especially with him. Like I said, I have a 10 year old kid. I have a 12 year old kid. I've got a six year old kid and a almost three year old kid. And I completely relate because if I was in that situation, if it was me and Nick, my 10 year old, my first thought wouldn't be save me. It would be safe Nick and I'll figure it out from here. And that's what he did. And his son, I guess is okay. And he is, it seems like he's gone. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that was his real name. Um, I just know that I wanted to talk about it here for a minute. Um, yeah. So rest in peace, Shad Gaspard. <sighs> I don't know, Sean. Were, were you watching it all when Crime Time was a thing? I was. That's why I was trying to figure out when that would have been. Um, it was the very late aughts. It was, it okay. Early, well, I'm just saying it was the late aughts, early tens that I stopped watching. Okay. So they were around before. Yeah, so I think you got it right. I think it's probably mid to late aughts, as it were. But um, I don't remember much about JTG. Was that the other guy? Yep. I mean, they're both good, but yeah. They were good, but Shad, like for being a big guy, like you could tell he was different. He was like WWE pro wrestling in general really has moved away from the big guys. If you're bigger than like Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, they don't care about you unless you're 97 year old undertaker. Um, but you could tell he was almost like, now stick with me, kind of like how Diesel was back in the day. Like before he had, and again, he had injuries way early in his life. That's why he stopped playing basketball in Tennessee. Kevin Nash, um, super shredder, shout out. Uh, but like big guys, it's it's funny actually as I'm saying this, the NBA has kind of gone the way of pro wrestling in that – it's not a big man's game anymore. You know what I mean? Like name one seven footer other than undertaker who should not be wrestling. That's still a big deal. Even like Luchasaurus, AEW made a big deal, big deal out of him for a while. He's like six, four or something, you know, but he's with jungle boy and, and Luke Perry's or whatever. I don't know. Marco stunt. That's the other kid's name. So he looks like he's like eight feet tall, but he's like six, four, maybe six, five. Like there's no super big guys anymore. And, and Shad wasn't, super tall he was maybe six 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 seven but I mean, he was Strowman's pretty much the biggest guy right now and he's just probably what six eight or so if that yeah yeah so i don't know and none of the wrestling stuff matters but i just we're our wrestling fandom runs deep no matter what i think about it recently so i just had to say something and i want to get out of the way first yeah drowning just ugh. yeah that, is like always my number one fit like uh, drowning in fire that's got to be the worst yeah like at least uh, with smoke inhalation you probably god what what no i'm not okay never mind 
I don't think. Okay, no, I'm done. All right, Sean. Yes. Let's segue and make me stop being sad. So Saturday night, I think it was, I was bored and just went to bed early and I had had a lot of drinks and yeah, it was Saturday because Sunday was the last dance. I was like, I could play like top run or something and try to grind for this platinum, but somebody was watching Disney plus either Casey or Liza before I put them to bed. So it was on and I went to the home screen. I was like, let me just sign in under Kevin. And it was like, Oh, do you want to watch Winter Soldier? And I was like, "Why, well, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> this is the perfect movie for right now. And I tweeted about it a little bit, but I just wanted to say that this movie is perfect. I do think it's my number two MCU movie behind Endgame over Infinity War. Watching it again, there's no faults with this movie. I mean, it is... It's Marvel meets Metal Gear meets Mission Impossible, I would even say. And that movie is the best. Now, Jordan Vote Roberts has been tweeting again for the first time in like two years or so. He's been doing these 30 days of Metal Gear artwork. And he's said that he is doing everything in his power to make the Metal Gear movie happen. But there's literally, there's no way it's going to be better than Winter Soldier, right? Like this yes. movie is perfect. Like you, like you texted me Saturday night when I was watching it and you're like, it's not, it's, it's like on the level of dark Knight and Logan, which I completely agree with that. It's just a great, it, you don't have to call it a great comic book or superhero movie. It is a great movie period. And right. Like, I mean, obviously I love Endgame. Maybe my favorite movie of all time. But it's very much, not to take anything away from it, it's very much a superhero movie. It is the epitome of superhero movies. Winter Soldier, to me, is just much more, as much as it can be, just kind of grounded in reality. And just it's just a good movie. It's probably a better film. Yep. I say film instead of movie. It sounds yep. more like I know what I'm talking about. But like, yep, I agree. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's it's different. It's amazing. And so I've got on Blu-ray, I've got Spider-Man, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. Spider-Man 1. I mean, you, you know, Homecoming. But now it's like, I still want to have those on Blu-ray for some reason because I'm an old man, I guess. But like having Disney Plus, and then like yesterday I went in after I put Eliza down for a nap or something and she was watching Imagination Movers or something. And I went to the home screen on Disney Plus and it was like one of the movies at the top was Civil War. And I was like, man, that's really good too. I kind of, I, I didn't watch it because I was like, I got it. I'm, I'm putting the, you, you know, all my story with putting the beds together and moving beds and stuff. So I couldn't watch it. But like, I don't, as much as I really, really like, Civil War, I don't think it's even close to Winter Soldier. And it's not because of the, the the BVS comparisons or anything like that. It's just not as great a... And I, I, you said it, but I'm not even going to say it ironically. A film. Like, it is a... Winter Soldier is a film. And that is... I mean, it is a snooty thing to say, but... God, that movie is so good. And I've seen it now maybe five, six times. And I think I... 
I really think I, I think I like it more every single time. And that elevator scene, they, they build the tension perfectly. And then, especially, and all the memes came after, like, you know, I, I don't even know what to say because there's been a million of them, of, of that elevator scene. And then when you think about what happens in Endgame, but like everything in that, it's just so good. Like the, the climax is so good. The, the climax is a Metal Gear movie for real. And Sam, God, I cannot wait for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like I'm excited that Mandalorian's getting a season two, but by far, even before I saw the Mandalorian and even after seeing the Mandalorian, I'm still more excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it's going to be freaking amazing. You know, like these characters are so damn good and to see what Falcon and Bucky do after I'll just say after Endgame. I mean, you've seen it by now, but whatever. After Endgame, I just I cannot wait. I love these characters. I love this world and it's just absolutely perfect. It's a 10 out of 10. It's a 12 out of 10, honestly. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's that freaking good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I think because of Mandalorian. Yep. Like it, it gave me faith that they can, that Marvel, I don't know. It's, it's not going to be like Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, that's what I'm saying. I've yeah. never, ever, ever gotten into any or Daredevil or anything series. Yeah. I never watched agents of shield or, uh, or arrow Carter, flash arrow flash um batwoman daredevil supposed which was supposed to be so yep. good i watched one episode <laughs> of it I'm like nah i'm good uh bat girl batwoman whatever it is supergirl woman uh, and supergirl oh well, by the whatever. way i will say well finish and then i'll segue well i'm just saying like i've just never had any interest in any of these and that's why when i heard that a lot of the new marvel stuff going forward was going to be these series i was just like but then like literally within a minute of watching mandalorian i'm like okay this is not just a series like this might as well be a movie they're doing this right so now i'm 100 percent on i can't wait uh also spiraling off of that we're going to talk about the snyder cut here in a minute but i i did also want to say i saw reports going around that apparently so for a while wb was saying that for the dceu one of their next projects after what's already in the pipeline was going to be a supergirl movie and apparently according to insiders those plans have changed and they're now going to scrap supergirl which is the right decision. And they're actually going to focus supposedly on Superman. Hopefully by God with Henry Cavill, who is the best Superman. Go ahead and fight me. I don't care. Best Superman we've ever had on screen. And it's not even close in my mind. So I just want to throw that out there. I hope it's true. Remember he had the Instagram post like a year ago or whatever it was where he said, I'm not hanging up the cape. Um, his agent came out and said, there's, there's nothing definitive. Henry wants to keep doing this. We're in discussions with WB, blah, 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 blah. Man of Steel came out almost seven years ago and we still don't have a proper sequel because I still to this day say BVS was a Batman movie. Would you agree? Um, yes, I'll give you that. 
it's more Batman than Superman. <clears throat> and actually not a lot of verses. Um, but reports surfaced over the last few days, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. And if you don't like the concept of this movie, skip ahead in the timestamps. But apparently Zack Snyder, according to multiple reports, actually did screen his cut of Justice League for WB executives in early February. And the plan, apparently they liked it, at least enough to say you can finish this. There's conflicting reports, but people are saying that apparently Zach wanted to do a few more shootings to finish the cut completely, not counting CGI and all and all the special effects that I'm sure are not done because they, they never got that far along. But the Snyder Cut's real, apparently, and WB apparently has seen it. There was a report that just came out today that my buddy Rasan sent me that it is really real. And it is going to come to HBO Max in some form or fashion at some point in the near future. Now, what they don't know is that I think there was three possible scenarios. One, they release it as is. As, if, if, there's, if there's scenes that he wanted to shoot that they didn't get to finish, maybe they just cut them in as storyboards, essentially. Second thing is they go back and they do reshoots with, I would assume, Affleck, Cavill, Gal, everybody else to fill in the blanks for the Justice League that he wanted to make. The other one is that it could be part of like a miniseries or something. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that would be like a, a, a documentary kind of thing with shots of the movie or something. That's my of those three options that's my least wanted um i would take either the first two and apparently they're also saying this will not be released on blu-ray if you want to watch this you have to go to hbo max or <laughs> obviously torrent it or something um but it's crazy because the whole release of snyder cut has been going on now for literally two and a half years that's how can you believe that Justice League came out literally two and a half years ago? I think yeah. it was November November seventeenth, I want to say it was of um seventeen. No, there's no way it was eleven, seventeen, seventeen. Yeah, it was something like that. Anyways, um I'm still like Rasan sent me the link and I read it and then I wrote back to him and I just included the gif or gif, sorry. Jeff, uh, don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. You know the Jeff, right? The gift, yeah. The Jeff of Hawkeye. Um, at this point, well, hold on. Let me pull up my phone. Let me see what I sent to her son. Um, I said, he sent me a capybara, whatever. Um, yeah, I hold on. 
He asked me, I figured if anyone was going to get it, it was going to be HBO. Did the cut have special effects added? I said, not sure. Reports saying he wanted to do a little more filming to finish it. And then coronavirus happened again. This all happened in early February. Apparently they were going to green light it supposedly in late February. Then, you know, the world shut down. Um, but I said, even if it's just as is with storyboards, storyboards, I still want to see it. And he said, what if it's good? And I said, I don't know that it can be good, but it has to be better than what we got. Dark side, black suit. I mean, come on. He said, not what we, not what we want, but it's what we need. And I said, and probably what we deserve. And then he sent like 10 laughing faces. Um, I am not, I am the DC fanboy in this podcast, obviously. And Sean likes DC movies too, but I am the, the defender. I am not in any way, shape, or form saying that this was going to be like Infinity War or Endgame level. It probably wasn't. But it's more, and when I've talked about this in the past, I just want to know what Zach's vision actually was. Because when you think about Justice League, the, the one thing that's bothered me so much about this damn thing is it just, what we actually watched, it looks kind of like it's like a made-for-TV movie. Like the actual look of it has always bothered the hell out of me. It just looks so, like it's not true widescreen. It just fills up your TV. It's like it's, it it just every there there's so many like close ups of people talking with a clear green screen behind them, like the whole opening segment with Batman and the the Parademon, it just looks cheap. cheap. <laughs> okay, there you go. Like it it looks cheap. It's one of the most expensive movies ever made because of fifty million dollars in reshoots and Henry face, but like. It doesn't look like they put any money into this. It looks like something you and I, it, it, it looks like a fan video of a Justice League movie. And it just frustrates me so much. Again, I love Man of Steel. Batman vs. Superman, it's a solid 7, 7.5 out of 10. Man of Steel was fantastic. I just, and then I saw reports also going around that apparently, because Justice League, some people are saying it was going to be three parts. There was going to be, Zach's vision was Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League 1, 2, and 3. Parts 1, 2, and 3. And that part 3, if every if WB just stayed the course, it was going to be whoever is still alive, because people were going to die in part 2, whoever is still alive was going to actually team up with Joker and Deathstroke to take down Darkseid in part 3. And I'm like, I hate you all. I don't want to read any of this stuff. But like, I want to see the Snyder cut, no matter what shape it's in, Sean, are you past the point of even caring or are you, did, did these, these reports give you some hope that we'll actually see this stupid thing? I'll subscribe to HBO max for a month for sure to watch this thing. You, you can believe that. I at least am to the point now where I'm more willing to believe that it exists. Um, I'm not going to run out and get HBO Max just to see it. Well, you can come to my house. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm curious, but I don't know. I I honestly, I haven't seen um, Justice League since theaters. Good I've for seen you. like bits and pieces of it. Like I've come across it on TV and watched for like 10 minutes and then it goes to commercial. I'm like, all right, what else is on? Exactly. Um, 
I don't know. I'd be curious to see what it is, but I'm not like, I don't know. I just find myself not caring all that much about it. I don't think it's going to be the Godfather or anything like that. I just want to know, because obviously it doesn't matter. At this point, it doesn't matter what Zach's vision was. It's never going to happen. But I just want to know what he was planning. I want to see dark side on the other side of that boom tube at the end when Steppenwolf gets his butt kicked, you know, like, like little things like that. I just want to see like, did dark side look like freaking Oscar Isaac is apocalypse looking like the purple ooze guy from power Rangers or whatever the hell it was. Like, I just, I just want to know. I just want to know, you know? Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about before we get into video games and stuff, Sean, you want to talk about the lost, le, the damn it, the last dance? Because let's, huh? I said let's let's dance. Um, this, and I will say when it got to the to the end of episode ten last night, I stood up in my chair, and I was. I had tears welling up in my eyes when, when they started showing him, you know, Malone gets the rebound. He steals it. Cause that's the thing. And I'm so glad that they highlighted this. It's not just the shot. It's what happens in the 10 seconds before that. And I forgot that they didn't call timeout, honestly, but him stealing the ball from Malone, he was like, I, I know Carl's not going to be looking for me because the, the help's coming this way, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and he just boops the ball out of his hands. And it was just perfection. Um, the, this documentary, the, the, the one thing I will say, I, I remember hearing or, or seeing quotes from Michael that said, y'all might not like me that much after this documentary is done. And maybe I'm just, oh, I, f- I like him more. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if I'm just a fanboy, but like I, there was never a point where I was like, Oh man, Michael's a bad guy. I, I he's, he's the goat. And I really do not understand how anyone can watch this and say, no, LeBron's better. Um, Because if they did a LeBron documentary, it would be like, I wanted to take my talents to South Beach so I could make a super team to try to win a championship. And I win two, but I also lose two. And also I go back to Cleveland and that was, I'm not going to take anything away from that. It was fantastic. But then I'm going to go to LA to a shit team. I won't bleep it. It's fine. And because a poop team and all I want to do is build my brand for after my career. And then I'm somehow going to finagle to get Anthony Davis here. And then I'll care about basketball again. Like I, I still, I, I do think my rankings are MJ Kobe, then LeBron. And I don't think a LeBron documentary would be this interesting. Like he's never seemed like someone that was like this, like all this did for me was reaffirm everything I already knew about Michael, uh, that he was a stone cold killer that he wanted to win above all things. I I do think nine and 10 were really good. I think the best episodes were seven and eight. Um, that the, the end episode seven, that two, two and a half minutes when he was talking about winning and what it meant to him and how he never asked his teammates to, and to, to do anything that he wouldn't do. And like when he, he's like, okay, break, you know, like if he said break and I'm like, well, I'm broken. This just absolutely broke me. But then 
the whole documentary was fantastic. I, I, I loved it. Um, the one thing that I really took out of these last two episodes was that the, the, the flu game wasn't the flu game. It was the pizza poison poop game or something like, I don't know. And I heard Parrish, uh, Gary Parrish, if you're a Memphis guy and Jeff Calkins talking, um, this afternoon, by the way, I got pizza and I survived, um, that like what they were saying makes sense. Like there's no way anybody really poisoned Jordan, right? Like, it's not like MJ ordered a pizza and said, uh, I'd like to order a uh, large pepperoni for Michael Jordan. You know, it was probably for Guillermo del Toro. I don't know. Like there's no way they knew this was going like, even if he ordered it under a, uh, what, what's the word pseudonym or whatever. Yeah. Nobody would have known this pizza is actually going to MJ's room. So why would then five why were there, people show up? But then, yeah. but were there five people? Because that, that was Simmons said today on his podcast that there's conflicting reports that there were multiple people, but it was probably three to five people. But I don't know. And, and then also he wanted to run it back. God, he wanted to run it back in 99, like 98, 99. And again, our Knicks, you know, at least for us, um, they made the finals. They got their butts kicked by the Spurs in five, but I don't know. It was so, it was just so sad because I really would have loved to see, to see them try it one more time. And clearly Michael wanted to, the, the one thing I do take away is I, I think Scotty was too pissed to come back no matter what. So even if, Phil said he wanted to come back and Michael said, I'll come back. If Scotty wasn't coming back, that team wasn't going to win a championship. So if that's the case, then, you know, what, what what's the point? But yeah. what'd you think about the last dance and the goat? I loved it. I, I mean, I, I don't even know that I, that it was a love hate thing of Jordan when I was growing up. I feel like I just hated him because he was just, he might as well have been Tom Brady. Like he kept beating my Knicks, he kept beating my Magic. I'm like, I'm sick of this guy. Um, and it wasn't even a God, I hate you, but man, you're good. It was like, no, I just, I just, I hate you. Yeah. And then, you know, after he retired and whatever, I very much grew to respect him. And now, even watching this back and having to relive all those series where you know he was beating the Knicks, beating the Magic, whoever. I like found myself rooting for him. I still had yeah. that whole like what if kind of thing like with the Magic and whatnot, but at the same time like I just found myself rooting for Jordan and uh, I mean he's like you said there's no way if you honestly think LeBron is better you're kidding yourself. You're, you, you're, I mean honestly if you think anybody if he's not the goat you're uh, you're crazy. Yeah, it's not even like Bill Russell, Kareem. There's no one that's even in this. Oscar, like no one's in this conversation. The only time I do remember rooting against him in the finals, because I was texting my buddies, Chad and Maury, this uh, when we were watching it last night, was 97. Like 96, they won 70 ga 72 games, by the way. I, in my memory, they went 70 and 12. No, they went 72 and 10. By the way, the next year, they won 69 games for crying out loud. And 
that was them against the Jazz. And there was something about me at that point, like the Knicks were never going to win anything. Orlando's already broken up the team, so who cares? And it was the only year in the finals that I rooted against him. And it was a combination of I love Carl Malone, I love Stockton, Hornacek, I love Shandon Anderson for some reason. Like that, I love that guy. Maybe it's just because he came off the bench and stuff. I love that guy. But I like the way they play basketball. And I think at that point, it was four championships in. I was finally sick of MJ. And then the flu game happened, and I was just like, frick, like, okay, this guy's never going to lose. And this is the greatest I've ever seen, even as a, at that time, 15, 16-year-old kid. Um, but then 98, I was, I completely flipped and I was rooting for the bulls like crazy. You could tell MJ was at the end of the rope. Um, I still say to this day, anybody that tries to tell me that he pushed Brian Russell, Brian Russell. I used to think so, or I at least wanted to think so, but he, he it was, it was all momentum and a little, it was more MJ's hand was just there because he was changing his direction. Did he nudge him a little bit? Yeah, but Russell was moving 100%. That, that was the other thing I took away from these last two episodes is when I think like Brian Russell was a really good player, but when I hear that name, I think of a loser. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to see, see this ever, so I don't care saying that. Like I just think of somebody that was so talented. And then like you hear MJ talk about when he was like at, at um, you know Space Jam camp, whatever. And this Brian Russell comes up and he's like, man, why'd you retire? You, you ain't want me to guard you? And he's like, Carl, who the hell is this guy? Like, you, you need to shut your boy up. Uh, and But all I'll remember him is, is it a complete failure? Like, when he went up against MJ those two years, he did nothing but fail. And then, of course, the, the most iconic shot in the history of basketball, would you agree with me, was the, the game winner in 98. There's no shot in my mind that's any bigger than that. And he I mean, the only like other one I can think of is the Cavs over uh exactly elo Elo. yeah so i mean either way it's jordan but yeah it's just i don't know what i'm gonna do on sunday nights now um i did see i mean we're we're new york kids at heart uh oh as much as it maybe not as memorable but just clutch even though i hate to admit it uh reggie i was gonna say uh ray allen in the finals with the heat. Yeah, when the Spurs should have won. Yeah. Yep. Again, yeah. When did LeBron... <laughs> Ray Allen won them one of those two championships, just for the record. Um, yeah, it's... For a while, we were recording on Sunday nights, and I told Sean after the first Last Dance episode premiered, I was like... We recorded that night, and then I watched it the next day, and I was like, okay, we got we to gotta postpone Sunday recordings for like a month. And now I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, Andrew Cuomo did say, I don't know if you saw this from ESPN, that he said he thinks pro sports he, – he is in favor of pro sports teams in New York returning to play without fans, and he will fully back that with all the weight of the New York government. And I'm like, please, God, yes. Yeah. Just get like the Yankees signed Garrett Cole. We cannot lose a year of his prime. You know what I mean? Like I, I just I need sport. I, I didn't I wasn't so desperate that I watched NASCAR on Sunday. 
because I was just busy doing other things also, but like, I want baseball. I want football to come back. I want the NFL to be there. There, Joe Buck was on an interview earlier this, uh, this or last week where he let slip and then he backtracked everything that he said, the NFL is going to play. They're going to play with no fans. What Fox is going to do is do some kind of like Madden technology or something to where they're going to project like fake fans into the arena. They're going to pipe in crowd noise and everything based on what's happening. Into Um, the actual stadium or just for the broadcast? Into the actual stadium and obviously on the broadcast too, but I'm like, I'm fine with that. I don't care. I don't care. I, I just, I want everybody to be safe but we need sports like now that this is done and no one has anything to look forward to now, except for like random golf events and NASCAR with no fans. And even Kevin Harvick, he won his 50th race this past week. And he was like, I didn't even know there was a race. He's like, when I got out of the car, I was like, well, this is freaking weird. There's nobody on the infield. There's no fans. Like who am I like jumping out of the car to celebrate with? It's, this is just what we got to get used to like a year from now hopefully God willing we'll be back to somewhat normal and we'll have, you know, baseball fans in the stadiums and the NBA finals and stuff. But like we we need sports back. Um, I know this isn't a sports podcast, but we've got timestamps. So (sighs) Sean. Yes. You played anything this week? Uh, I have over the last, um, two three days okay i found myself diving back into oh god bloodborne no okay. no kind of close kind of sort of um hollow knight oh this game is just so freaking good so did i short and it's it? another one it's another one that I lost my save on, which is fine. I mean, uh, even if I hadn't, I, I wanted to start fresh anyway. Yeah. It's just when I went to start fresh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have a game to. I mean, I'd already beaten it. I think I was doing some of the DLC content or something, post-game stuff. But I'm like, no, nah, I just want to start fresh. You, I think this is the one that you played and you just yeah. kind of got sick of it because you were Metroidvania out. I think this was right after... Um, the messenger I'll chasm and also i played symphony of the night that year finally and really? beat it yep so you own this game yep on ps4 i think you need to give it another try uh, there's there's no way you won't like it as you get later in the game you will get frustrated um some of the boss fights are just ridiculous. You'll find it's very, I don't know how much you even remember of it. It is very bloodborne. Bloodborne, yeah. And that if you die, you've got one chance to go back and get your blood echoes. It's the geo in the game. Um, it's not as important as the blood echoes. Like you can't level up. I mean, you can, you can improve your weapon and whatnot, and that costs geo, but you can only do it a few times and it's pretty late in the game. It's more to buy the little uh, badges or whatever they call them that you can equip that give you different abilities and whatnot so it's more just currency it's money so you can't really grind in the game too much um and that i guess it can be good and bad if you get to a boss and you die it's not that you aren't powerful enough 
which I don't know if that's good or bad. Like you can't just go and kill a bunch of enemies so you get more powerful and then try again. Like just get good. You got to learn. Every boss has a pattern. Like you can, I'm sure other than some of the optional bosses, you can beat them all. It's just taking your time, study their patterns, whatever. But honestly, until you get pretty far into the game, none of them are that bad there will be times where you'll die and then you'll be like, Oh my God, I haven't sat on a freaking bench in yep. forever. And you don't lose your progress. Everything you did in the game is still done. You just restart from wherever the last bench was. So you yeah. may have that much further to go to go back and get your geo. Um, there's, there's little frustrating things like that, but it is such a good game. It is beautiful. It's just so much fun. It, I this game is fantastic. I'm having just as much fun with it the second time around as the first time. But yes, yeah. I think you owe it another another chance. I, I think I do too. Um, again, like I said, it was just the victim of Metroidvania overload for me. Um, I, I do wonder what I would have thought of this game if I played it before Chasm and The Messenger. I don't think I could have played it before Symphony. I don't think I would have even tried it. Uh, I think it's the best of the three. I don't know if it's better than Symphony, but it's very, very close and maybe better, but it's better than Chasm and the Messenger, I think. Hmm. What about, um, what the hell is it called? The Miriam game. The Bloodstain. Uh, yeah, Bloodstain. Um, okay, see right there, your mic just did something weird and you just got really loud and it's back to normal now, but... I sound like Barry White? Whoa. No, you just sound very loud all of a sudden. <laughs> now, wait, talk. Now I don't even hear you. My name's Kevin. Oh, now you're there. I don't know. I don't know if it's just on my end or if that's going to come through in the podcast. Well, but, uh, we'll figure it out. You need to just come over here next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's easily... If there are any Metroidvanias that are better than it, it's Symphony and Bloodstained. And it... Okay. I don't know. It's a one ABC kind of thing. Um, and there's just, I don't know. It's awesome. You need to try it. I mean, I did and I will. Um, I don't remember how far you got. I don't think you got very far. No. Like an hour or so. No, it was like three or four hours. I, I beat that? the boss. There's another big white blob thing and there were like little guys... I don't know. I beat, I beat that boss. I got to the point where you get the like the the worm thing or the the worm chariot thing or whatever. That's like a fast travel. I know I got to that. Okay, but I can't remember what the boss was. Um, no, I want to go back and play it. I think it's still installed on my PS4 because it's not that big, so I would never would have deleted it. I don't think, but yeah, that that's definitely one of those I missed out on. Yes, you give it another shot. Have you play anything else? Uh, that's it. Uh, Sean, this week I played a game. Uh, I, I did do a little bit more top run, and I was like, I think eventually I'll get this platinum. But my God, these, like, I have to kill 25 anti-Kevins that are like, it's like a weird, like, upside-down version of me that's on a skateboard shooting stuff at me. And... I got to kill three ghost faces in like one run. It like, and now I got to get, I think I'm getting down to my last three objectives. I'm pretty sure. So it's those two. And then I killed three of the prisms, which were like, you have to get to like 2000 meters or something. And then they show up and they're 
they take so many hits to kill. You got to have a, a friend with you or something. Um, but I got through that. And then the, the, the other one is get 80,000 points in one run on hardcore mode. And my top score on hardcore mode right now is 66,000. So I'm not that close. Uh, I think a lot of that is I was playing hardcore mode, trying to do other things to unlock other trophies. So I think what I've decided on now, if I'm going to get this platinum, I need to play it on normal, kill all the anti-Kevins I have, get a good run where somehow I three see three ghost face, ghost face killers. Um, you would be them. the ghost face killer. I would be. Um, this, oh, I got it. Took a minute. Um, <laughs> and then concentrate on that. And then I still got to do the friggin' <laughs> the space invaders thing. Uh, I did beat you're, streets. You're a lot further away from this platinum than I realized. I thought it was like space invaders and then like two other things that there. No, just... it is. It is. But they're, but they're the, the two other things are maxing out to level 27. I'm on level 25, almost 26. Uh, okay. But basically the objectives and the, the level 27 will happen at the exact same time. And then it's the space invaders thing, but it's okay. like to get those, the objectives, like I said, one of those objectives is kill 25 anti Kevins and I've killed like six because it seems like it's random They they pop up, I think at like a thousand meters in one run, but even then it's random. So I don't know. I, I will get, I will get the freaking plan. I, I spent $5 on this damn game about Kevin and his dog buddy that I'm going to get this platinum, but it's not going to be something I can just sit down for an hour and do. There's no way. Um, I did play some more Streets of Rage 4. I unlocked everybody from Streets of Rage 1. I, I beat it single player on easy. Thank you, Bernardo, for the uh, anti-shoutout, anti-Kevin shoutout. Um, love you, bro. Um, I unlocked Max, and I unlocked Axel from Streets of Rage 2. I didn't play as Max. I played as Axel a few times, and he fits perfectly in this game because he's got the triangle, the forward and triangle, you know, the sure you can. Um, and his, uh, his uh, triangle and circle move, he does like a Blanca roll with, with the like a grand upper like fire fist thing. So he spins twice while he's got a fire fist. He goes boom. Boom, and then he kind of lands and doesn't do a grand upper, but he does something similar to it, and it's super cool. Uh, so he feels way better than the Streets of Rage 1 characters did, but I feel like I still do want to. Eventually over time, I don't know that it is my number two game of the year. It's probably still RE3. Now, now when I'm – oh, God, sorry. When I'm more removed from it, like RE3 is probably a better game. My nostalgia goggles being off. Um, but I just love this game and it's so fun in single player mode. And I, my goal is still to unlock everybody from streets of rage one, two, and three. Also, I didn't realize this, but I saw some screenshots online or like dot emu was posting something. The streets of rage three characters that you unlock, they're not streets of rage streets of rage three characters. They're bare knuckle three characters, which is what I want. I don't want Axel with the yellow, you know, t-shirt and the black pants i don't want blaze wearing silver you know what i mean so you get the the bare knuckle three versions of those characters which is chef kiss right. have you played you, you haven't played anymore i haven't you need to 
tell me because it's bothering me <clears throat> in the rundown. I also <laughs> played a game. Sean, I want you to pick up your phone. Go to YouTube.com or the two-player co-op. And just Google Iron Snout PS4. So I played a game called Iron Snout. And this is a game that was an extremely expensive purchase for me on sale for $249. Um, crossed by PS4 and Vita. Uh, two separate platinum trophy lists. And this game was, of course, made by Radaleka Games or whatever the hell you say their name is. You play... What else have they done? Uh, they didn't do My Name is Mayo. They did every other, probably every other horrible platinum I've gotten. Um, they didn't do Little Adventure on the Prairie or whatever that was also. They did Super Destronaut DX, Super Destronaut Land Wars. They did a couple other, a couple other I've probably gotten. Right. Um, in this game, you play as a pig being attacked from both sides by wolves. And you don't even need to ever push a button. You just use the D-pad. You push left to attack left, right to attack right, down to attack down in whatever way you're facing, up to jump up and do a shore you can and whatever. And you just stand in the middle of the screen and these wolves come at you. You have wolves that have a hard hat on and a chainsaw. You have wolves that are dressed up like they're trying to eat. Uh, What's-her-face's granny, uh, Little Red Riding Hood's granny. You can grab this granny after you kill this wolf and knock its head off. You can grab the basket and you can throw it at another wolf and kill it in one shot. And really, you just grind out for maybe an hour. I split it over two days because I was just wanting to kill myself. Um, and yeah, are you watching it, Sean? What do you think about Iron Snow? I, I mean, your explanation is dead on. It actually was fun when you. I mean, it wasn't really, but like it was, it was fun for what it was. Like, I think I got up the, the most wolf, like you have to get to a thousand wolves killed. I think I got the, the highest I got in one round was around 65 to 70. You have to get at least 50. Uh, one of the trophies is you have to kill a wolf and you have to knock him into the branch on the left side of the screen and impale him on it. Another trophy you get, for killing a wolf and then kicking his head twice after it has after it has been capitated from his d head or whatever it is decapitated de his capo was detated thank you from his head um it's stupid but i am at now 45 platinum trophies sean and i regret nothing it's very interesting I'm not going to go for a hundred platinums this year because I don't have that much money, but yeah, it's a stupid game. It's Greg Miller's fault. Cause he tweeted out a couple of weeks ago and I was like, Oh, let me add this to my wish list." And then I went on last week when I got Hybroxia and I was like, Oh, this is on sale for like two forty nine. Okay. I'll do that. Thank you very much. So I blame Greg Miller. Also, he thinks animal crossing is game of the year. So he's horrible. He's a horrible person. Sean. Yes. Would you like to get into the news of the week? <laughs> Let's do it. We're only 55-something minutes in. Uh, yeah, so the news of the week. Um, not like this pa pa podcast. Podcast hasn't already been long enough, but we have quite a bit to talk about this week. 
Do we not, Sean? We certainly do. All right. First things first. So let's talk about Sony and the PS5. So Sony has reportedly said that they have, quote, no major issues with PS5 games, and they are still, quote, on track, unquote, for a holiday 2020 release. This quote comes from, you know, Sony. Regarding the launch of PlayStation 5, although factors such as employees working from home and restrictions on international travel have presented some challenges in regards to part of the testing process and the qualifications of production lines, development is progressing with the launch of the console scheduled for the 2020 holiday season. At this point in time, major problems have not arisen. That is a weird way to say that in the game software development pipeline for Sony's own first-party studios or its partner studios. That sounds fantastic. Uh, I saw another quote this week where somebody asked the CFO of Sony, of of PlayStation, uh, what do you think about how you're losing to Xbox when it comes to the marketing for the next gen? And I don't have that saved here, but essentially what he said was... It's too early to tell, like nothing matters at this point. Sales will speak for themselves. And he was confident that PS5 will outsell the Series X. Apparently, we've talked about this, I feel like for two or three weeks in a row now, but the PS5 reveal is very close, Sean. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say June 4th, block off your calendar at night because we're probably going to have to do an emergency podcast. Because multiple people are saying that the reveal is going to be June 4th, which is a Thursday. And there's conflicting reports. Um, apparently, they're going to show a a lot of games, as reported by Jeff Grubb, I think his name was, um, at GamesBeat. He said that they're going to show, quote, an entire slate of games a lot in conjunction with the PS5 reveal. What they're an update to that story is now saying, so the PS5 reveal that the next gen reveal is going to be June 4th and that there will be a state of play, or he's quote unquote calling it a slate of play because it's a slate of games that will take place in August to show the PS5 games. He didn't say anything about horizon two or anything like that. So I can't claim a win on that yet. In other PlayStation news, the PS4 is now over 110 million units sold. There are over 41.5 million PlayStation Plus subscribers. Those are both fantastic numbers. That's crazy. It really, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, this, this past week, I think this was like right after we recorded last week, I'm pretty sure. Um, But Sony sent out just on a random like Tuesday morning at two in the morning or something, their their new branding for their new unit that they're calling PlayStation Studios. Which, hello dog, uh, which will essentially tell people that this is a game that is from Sony's first. I've heard some, I've heard some people saying it's also Sony's second party. So that would be like a Detroit become human game or something like that. But I, I haven't read that yet. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, But let's just say for now, Sony's first party studios will now all be considered PlayStation studios games. Um, 
the whole point is to just say, look, you know what a PlayStation exclusive means, but you know, you might not look at like Horizon Zero Dawn, um, and think of it as on the same level as Uncharted Four or God of War, um, because it's not as well you know as a well known IP. This branding is going to open up all of these games. This will start on the PS5. He won't be there for The Last of Us Part Two or Ghost of Tsushima, um, but he'll be there for PS5. And this animation apparently can also change. So it can reflect other games or characters. And there can be a lot of variations of the animation. So say if like Horizon 2 does come out and it's a gorilla focused like sacred symbols, you know, animation at the beginning of the game. So you'll see like Aloy and you'll see, you know, Killzone, Hellgas was the bad guys and unnamed good guy whatever like you know what i mean like you can change it whatever and if uncharted 5 ends up being a thing or if they reboot it whatever they'll show nate and sully and elena and whatever um so that's the entire slate of playstation news so far this week sean what do you think do you i i'm at the point now where i do fully believe that both of these consoles are going to come out this year I still believe, and until they, uh, they until they announce the launch lineup, and it does not include Horizon Two, I'm still going to believe that it is coming at launch. PS4 is over 110 million. It's one of the best selling video game anything's of all time. Um, I don't know what, what what do you think about all the PlayStation news this past week? I'm- oh, by the way, also, if you're an idiot that's out there saying, oh. So Sony copied Xbox because Xbox says they're the Xbox game studios. And now PlayStation says they're PlayStation studios. So they're copying them. I hope you're also dumb enough to say that Xbox copied Marvel Studios, 20th Century Fox Studios, MGM Studios. Like, I mean, are, are Universal Studios, are we really going to do this? Like, we joke around on here a lot about how we are Sony fanboys and we don't really care about Xbox, but we want, by the way, we want them to succeed. If you're really out there saying with a serious face that Sony calling their first party games, PlayStation studios is just copying Xbox, get a life, Sean. Yeah, that's stupid. Um, I'm with you in that. I do believe they will both come out this year. I'm still a little, um, nervous, I guess. I do think it'll happen, but I'm certainly not 100% convinced. Um, I do believe they both, they being Sony and Microsoft, both have every intention on coming out this year. Um, but who knows what could happen. Um, I like the PlayStation Studios branding. I dig it. I like it's It's all one makes everything just that much more, you know, kind of cohesive and whatever. Um, I love the animation. I mean, to be fair, it's, I mean, it's very much Marvel. It is, but I it love is it. super. It's that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to say, Oh, they copied Xbox. No, I mean, if anything, you should say they copied Marvel because yeah. it, that's the Marvel studios intro, except, except with the sacred symbols. So yeah. Right. But I don't know. I love it. I, I I can just picture. I'm just picturing, you know, firing up a 
whatever horizon two or whatever it may be on ps5 and seeing the just just seeing oh it's just gonna be so cool i can't wait i can't either the, the other thing i worry about whenever we talk about stuff like this so we're recording this monday night this will post on wednesday we this could easily be out of date by wednesday when we record this yep. because sony apparently loves dropping random stuff on tuesdays that's what they did with the 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 wired article way back when then they announced the mark cerny thing and then the dual sense reveal i think those were all on tuesdays so as far as we know by the time this posts they've already announced when the ps5 reveal is going to be but just you know bear with us so yeah next up sean so mr jeff Keeley, who i love who i agree with john bernardo that he should be the president of video games um he was hyping up, so he's got this summer game fest thing going, and I'm still not really clear what it means. Because like, if somebody just, like, if WB Montreal just drops a Batman trailer, or is he going to say that's part of summer game fest when it went live? You, you know what I mean? Like, that. That's my one thing with this is it's super confusing. But he's doing summer game fest. I'm super hyped for it because we need it right now, and he started hyping up that. I think it was Wednesday, am I right? That this big event was going to happen. He was going to have a big interview and all this other stuff. And maybe like an hour before it went live, uh, one of the guys who's high up with Epic Games was like, yeah, I can't wait to tune in. Wario retweeted it. Everybody was going crazy. And then apparently (laughs) Epic Games on their own channel before Summer Game Fest went live, they posted on YouTube what is now known as the Lumen in the Land of Nanite tech demo. Unreal Engine 5 was revealed last week, and it is... <sighs> wow. So some of the bullet points I've got here. Unreal Engine 5 can use movie assets consisting of millions or billions of polygons. They have a new dynamic lighting solution, which is what is Lumen. So nanites or polygons, I don't know. Uh, Apparently this thing has no pop-in. And when I watched this demo back a couple of times, I saw no pop-in. That was one of the things that that, that I did notice about Final Fantasy VII Remake, other than the the random doors that look like they're PS1 doors, was especially when you're going through the slums and stuff, you'd be like, if you ran down a straight line, people would just pop in out of nowhere, at least on my system. But anyways... Unreal Engine 5 will be available for everybody in 2021. Epic Games obviously has access to it now. They will also be supporting current and next gen. So we're not actually going to see this for a game probably till, I mean, if we're lucky, 2022, maybe 2023. But I think this is representative, hopefully, of what next gen actually means. Uh, Now, some of my notes here on the demo I wrote here, the lighting, the rocks, the water, all the triangles, the more natural animation. This, this, this is just, I want to play this game. And they did come out and re- reports came out that this was actually going to be a GDC, part of a GDC presentation on Unreal 5. And it was going to be playable for people on PS5 dev kits. And so they, they do not intend for this thing to be a real game but it is actually playable on a PS5. And the PS5 that they built this on was a early PS5 console. 
also some some notes came out from epic game ceo tim sweeney uh about unreal 5 and how it relates to the ps5 this comes from push square talking about the ps5 it has an immense amount of gpu power but also multi-order bandwidth increases in store increase in storage management beamed boss tim sweeney as reported by the verge that's going to be absolutely critical. The executive added that it's, quote, one thing to render everything that can fit in memory, unquote, but a different proposition entirely to render to render a world that may be, quote, tens of gigabytes in size, end quote, instantaneously. Obviously, it's that off-discussed PS5 SSD that's putting in the world. Quote, we've, this comes from Sweeney. We've been working super close with Sony for quite a long time on storage. The storage architecture on the PS5 is far ahead of anything you can buy on anything on PC for any amount of money right now. It's going to help drive future PCs. The PC market is going to see this thing ship and say, oh, wow, SSDs are going to need to catch up with this, end quote. Teraflop that. Uh, like I said, the demo is fully playable. It was real-time gameplay on a PS5. They're not going to turn it into a real game. Also, they did come out and say after the fact that the, there was a couple times, or maybe it was once or twice, I can't remember, where the character in the game was kind of like shimmying through like yeah. rocks that in the PS4, Xbox One generation, that meant you're loading. You, you, you have to slow everybody down to load what's coming next. It happened all the time Final Fantasy VII Remake too. Um, but they say they were not hiding any load screens with those animations. Right. Fortnite is officially coming to the PS5 and the Series X at launch. I wrote, duh. And in the middle of 2021, it will migrate to Unreal 5. I I, I wonder what Fortnite means in June 2021. But, I mean, they, they keep surprising me, so who knows. Sean. I think this is the first time that I actually saw something like I didn't when I watched the 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 Xbox the, the inside Xbox thing last week no part of that was like oh wow this is next gen this was the first time that I've actually thought holy crap this okay this is pod racing this is next gen um, so I think it's a little bit of both I think what we're going to get in the beginning is probably going to be closer to what we saw with Xbox. Yep. Um, it's going to be marginally, like marginally better than the best looking PS4 games we have right now. Um, I don't think launch titles are going to look anything like what we saw in the tech demo. I think it'll be closer to what we saw with the Xbox thing, but. I mean, how spoiled have we gotten? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. I think people, I wouldn't be surprised if people were disappointed with how the first, like the launch games look, if they're expecting to see what we saw there. Um, I saw a bunch of people online saying, oh, it's just a tech demo, so it's not representative of an actual game. And it's like, well... Okay, but I mean, it's it's literally it's a game. They're they're playing it on a PlayStation. Like I don't know in real time. Yeah, right. So, but that being said, no, that's not how games are going to look. At least not all games will look 
at launch. We'll get there, but it was maybe the most, no, I think it was, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen graphics wise in a game ever. Like the, the, the thing ever. that really jumped out to me too, like just looking at it was pretty, but then when they zoomed in on like, like the detail and like, even we'll talk about here in a minute, but like Ghost of Tsushima, like, I even note after seeing the Unreal 5 demo, when I was watching the Ghost of Tsushima thing, I was like, yeah, the grass looks pretty. But then if you look at the actual like ground, it just looks like, like Breath of the Wild or something. You know, it's not that impressive. Whereas this, like when they zoomed in on all the triangles and the polygons and everything, it was breathtaking. And not only that, it's like even just listening to this on my iPad, when the rocks would fall, it just sounded like, it sounded like real life rocks would fall and they looked like real life rocks falling. And again, I know it's a tech demo, but like you said, this is actually playable. This technically kind of is a game. It, it can be played. It's a real thing. Like it, it's the little things like, like the detail, the, the, the lighting, the detail in the, uh, you know, in, in the, in the landscape and everything, the way the rocks fell, the way the rocks sounded, that it was just like, this is next gen to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't even care. I don't think this will ever actually be a game, whatever. But like, I'm almost to the point now where you give me any game that looks like that. I don't care how bad of a game it is. I'm in. I'm going to play it just to just to look at it. Like, yeah. and I mean, this looked great on my kind of crappy work uh lap well that wasn't on my laptop screen it was on my monitor but like whatever streaming it's not 4k like yeah. it looked amazing there and yep. i'm just trying to picture like what this will look like on my actual tv and oh god like i'll pretty much play anything if it looks like that yeah it um it it really was it was absolutely breathtaking and like you said, do I think like we're, we're not going to have games looking like this at launch on PS5 or Series X? The only thing I will say, though, is I do wonder. So we know we're getting Xbox. We know we're getting Halo Infinite at launch. Supposedly they did reiterate that. Um, but it's also going to be playable on the Xbox One S and the X and the Series X. So I don't know that Halo is really going to deliver like that next gen feeling. I feel like it's really just going to be another Halo game. If you love Halo, right. cool. Hopefully it's better than the last couple have been because I want it to be great. I want people to love it. But I do wonder like the first couple like PlayStation Studios games that come out, whether it's Horizon or Spider-Man, it's not going to be God of War. There's, I feel like that game's still at least two years away. Um, but like Horizon 2 is going to be very, it's either going to be a launch game or within that first year, if not the first three to six months of the PS5 releasing. It might be a release, you know, a launch window game. I feel like because obviously Sony's internal studios have known the power of the PS5 SSD and 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 we, we didn't even talk about that yet, so I'm going to put my finger up. But like I do wonder, I'm not saying it's going to be on this level, but when I watched this demo, I was like, this is kind of horizon two. I know they're not going to be on unreal because they've got their own decimal engine and it was beautiful in death stranding and in horizon. Uh, 
but I feel like the first party, I, I feel like whether it's Xbox or Sony, the, the biggest jump in graphics that we're going to see again. And at the end of the day, we don't just want graphics. We've said all along, we've said for probably over two years now that GTA six, whatever it ends up being, if it's a moderately sized game or whatever, we want to be able to go in every building and do more than you could even think about doing on a PS4 or an Xbox one. Um, I think those first party studios games are going to be the ones that really like jump out and are just blowing people away. But what, what, what do you think about the whole, again, this console is not going to be less than $500. And I think this quote kind of confirms it, but just the CEO of Epic games saying, yo, this SSD is the real deal. And it blows away anything you can get on a PC right now. That, that I I am starting to like it. I like it, but at the same time, part of me is almost like just you're just giving ammunition to all the trolls out there yeah. saying, oh, yeah, okay. Oh. Like, it's just, I can already see it. I'm just staying away from it. Like, Master Race. And it's probably, it's probably not true. Like, do I believe that it is better than anything you can possibly even get on no. a PC right now? No, I don't. But for $500, it's yeah. a lot better than what you could get for trying to build a PC out of $500. I'll there's, certainly say that. Yeah, there's no, you, you couldn't even dream of building a, a custom PC as powerful as the Series X or the PS5 for four to five hundred dollars. There's literally no chance in hell. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I, I just am I'm so excited for these next six months or so leading up to these consoles coming out. Cause this is the first time like Xbox saying it's the Series X is the name at the game awards. I was like, what this name's stupid. Okay. It's it's a fridge. What what do I care? Like, but like but then I do remember when they first showed like Hellblade 2 and stuff, I was like, okay, this looks like next gen, but it's just CG. Who cares? This was the first time I've seen something that was actually playable that looked like what next gen could be. So this is, this gave me flashbacks to all the times that we podcasted up to the lead up of the switch before we even knew it was called the switch. Like, I feel like every week there were new rumors and it was so exciting. Like we're back to that time now. And yep new hardware coming out no matter what side of the aisle you're on is just the best and i'm so excited for these next six months or so i really really hope these things come out in november um yeah i i love it and i cannot wait for more yep sean this next story is for you and really you alone randomly paper mario the origami king was announced by nintendo the kingdom has been ravaged by an origami menace. Join Mario and his new partner, Poop, damn it. I don't know what her real name is. Sean wrote Poop, Poop, Poopivia. Olivia. This, oh, Olivia, also known as Poopivia. As they battle <laughs> evil folded soldiers, repair the damaged landscape, and try to free Princess, Princess Peach's castle from the clutches of King Ollie in this comedy-filled adventure. I thought that was weird that they said comedy-filled. Does that line up with other Paper Mario games? Yeah, they're pretty, yeah. Like slapstick, kind of? Yeah, very. Mario and Luigi receive an invitation from Princess Peach to attend an origami festival and excited. I'm surprised you didn't change origami to orgasm. Thank you for not doing that. Excited (laughs) to hurry to Toad Town, but something's amiss. After investigating the eerily empty town, the duo finds a fearsome and folded Princess Peach. She's been turned into origami by King Ollie, ruler of the origami kingdom. 
With five giant streamers under his control, King Ali binds Princess Peach's castle and transports it to a distant mountain as part of his plan to refold the world. On his journey to liberate Princess Peach's castle and repair the ravaged paper landscape, Mario meets Pupivia, King Ali's sister, and the two join forces to put a stop to Ali's origami onslaught. Onslaught. On onslaught. Even Bowser falls victim to Ali's plot when his minions are turned into origami-folded soldiers and betray their Koopa King, forcing him to ally with Mario and Pupivia. Battle the folded soldiers in ring-based battles that challenge you to strategically line up enemies to maximize damage. Out of battle, Mario can use the arm-extending 1,000-fold arms ability in specific spots to interact with the landscape to pull, peel, hit, and more. Join Mario Pupivia and their companions on a journey of laughter and emotion, laughter and emotion, comma, thrills, comma, and a whole lot of folding. Uh, when we first saw this, Sean, I was hoping it wasn't turn-based, and it turns out it is turn-based. <laughs> it turns out it is turn-based. Um, this ring battle system, you, you saw the Japanese Nintendo video I sent you, right? Yeah. Again, you can't read anything because it's in Japanese, but what do you think? Does this, so the rumors, the, the one thing that makes me happy about this is it lends credence to the whole Mario's 35th anniversary. We're getting all these 3D games remastered. Hopefully we're going to get Super Mario's, Super Mario All-Stars 2. So I think it lends credence to all of that. But does this go back to the glory days of Paper Mario like the rumors were saying that it did? Also, what do you think about the new battle, the ring-based battle system and all that? So I missed out on the original Paper Mario. Hmm. I played Thousand Year Door on GameCube. Maybe my favorite GameCube game? Well, no, Resident Evil 4. Easily top three GameCube games. I thought that game was awesome. Uh, I went back and played the N64 one after. Loved it. Um, Was really excited for the Wii. And then it was weird. Like they did this whole like 3D thing, which was kind of cool, but they got rid of the whole battle system and you literally just like jumped on enemies and I get that it's Mario, but it's just weird. (laughs) You might, yeah. Um, then the one for the 3DS was all like card based. You got like different cards to use as your attacks. Uh, I played it and I beat it uh, despite the battle system. I didn't really care for it. It was one of those things that I just kind of got used to as I played it. But I was really looking forward to just going back to just something more traditional, I guess. And I think we're kind of there. It does seem like it's still more or less turn-based and plays like an RPG. Um, I, I, I hope that this whole ring thing does not just like, they don't go overboard with it and make it more complicated than it needs to be. Um, outside of the battle, like the actual just like gameplay, like it's the main beautiful. world, it looks beautiful. It looks so much fun. I can't wait. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think... I think it's going to be really, really good. And worst case scenario, the battle system isn't great and it's still a good game despite it. And maybe I'll love the battle system and I'll just love the game. But either way, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited for this. Yeah, I when I saw the trailer, before I knew about the battle system, like I, I texted you or 
teams to you or whatever it was. I was like, I actually think this is an RPG for me because it seemed like it might've been more, I'm getting feedback. I don't know. Um, more like an active battle, not, not like final fantasy with the ATB stuff and everything, but I thought it was going to be a more, which it doesn't actually make sense. You can't have a Mario RPG. Well, I guess they, they've done it before where you're just like jumping on people and stuff. Cause then it's just a Mario game, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know about the whole ring thing. It seems like you're going to get into battle and you're going to have these, these like you're in the middle and you got like five rings and you have enemies. What I assume it's going to be is you've got all these enemies around here and you can only make so many moves to line up the rings. And once you line them up, then you can attack. And if they're all in one line, then you can attack once and go boop, 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 boop. It seems very tactics esque. Like you can almost, I don't know. I almost see it as being you can maybe choose to rotate the rings or attack in any given turn. And so, like, if you have five guys and they're all surrounding you, you could take them out, you know, in five different turns, or you use one turn maybe to line them all up. And then on your next turn, you just go boop, 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 and stomp on them all and beat them that way. Like, that's kind of what it seems like maybe they're going for. Um, I don't know. I'm absolutely willing to withhold judgment for now. I'm yeah. I'm very excited. I can't wait for it. Do you think this is day one for you? When is it coming out? July 17th. Man, that's quick. A month um, after The Last of Us. I think it's... As long as something doesn't come out, not literally come out, but like as long as something isn't like Cyber Shadow comes out. Game. Well, I was just gonna say, as long as something else isn't made known oh, okay. about this game, that all of a sudden makes me be like, "Oh, I I don't like that." You know, as of right now, I think it's a day one. Yeah, but we'll see. What if I told you that also on July seventeenth, a game called Ghost of Tsushima was coming out? I'm more excited for Paper Mario. All right, we're on the same page. All right, so. Sony held their latest state of play focused on Ghost of Tsushima. By the way, it's not, I, I keep saying Ghost of Tsushima. It's actually Ghost of, if you listen to the video, it's Tsushima, which I feel like everyone I've ever heard call this game has called it Tsushima. It's Tsushima. So everybody already calls it Ghosts, not Ghost. So now we have to call it Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, but yeah. Did a state of play, 18 minutes dedicated to this game. And I will say, first off the bat, it is freaking beautiful. Again, like I said, Breath of the Wild kind of textures and stuff on the actual ground, but the actual game is beautiful. Uh, Previous reports were confirmed. There are no waypoints in this game. Um, So you can look at your map and you can put a mark on the map to where you want to go next. However, it's not like GTA 5 where you're going to have, you know, like a GPS thing or any other game where at least you can see the marker when you're playing it, you can't. But what will happen is if you, 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 you place a waypoint, you can like push left on the D pad or something. And it'll be like, Oh, the wind is here. And it's like, the wind will blow one direction. You say, okay, I have to go that way. So you go that way. Uh, I did notice in the gameplay demo, you can also grab as you're like riding on your horse through woods and stuff. It reminded me of Horizon Zero Dawn. You can, if you run by a tree, you can just like push R2 or something and you basically get bamboo or whatever other wood it is, whatever, um, 
to to gather it so that you can use it for ca- uh, crafting later on is what I assume. Uh, smokestacks in the world, weird trees and animals will get your attention to tell you where to go explore. Also, birds can lead you to different points of interest. Uh, if you find an abandoned building, you should go in there because they typically have resources. Also, there's super cute foxes that you can pet, by the way, uh, that will take you over to hidden shrines, which you can unlock charms to help you in combat buffs. Once you discover a location, you can fast travel there, so that's good at least. Uh, then they start talking about the combat. You can challenge enemies to stand off. So you go up to somebody if you're playing, you know, honorably, as they said. You come up on an enemy, you can push up on the D-pad or whatever, and you can challenge them to a standoff, and it gets super, like, cinematic and everything, and you just... The combat in this game looks brutal. Absolutely brutal. Also, I did read uh, something after the fact that they said, yeah, you can kill enemies in one hit. You can also be killed in one hit. Like, they're really trying to recreate the feel of samurai in real life and in movies and everything. Uh, to me, the combat seems pretty methodical uh, if you're playing honorably. Uh, they did also show that you can use a bow and arrow, which is nice. And if you're fighting somebody, it seems like parrying is a big element to the combat in this because if you parry them, it slows down so much and then you just strike a killer blow. The other thing that I thought was interesting, Sean, because they definitely didn't exp- explain this because I saw other people say they didn't explain it. You know, you see down in the bottom left of the trailer or the state of play, whatever you want to call it, uh, there's the, all those dots and like the first three dots, it says L1 and R1. I thought that was going to be like an instant kill and maybe you're building up an attack meter or something, but they didn't explain that yet. They did also say there's going to be more coming up to launch uh, when it comes to information about this game, but I just thought that was interesting. You can change your combat stances depending on the type of enemy that you're facing. You do also have the option to go through the game as the ghost. Although it's not clear if you have to say I'm the ghost or I'm the honorable option. Uh, They they definitely have a lot more to explain about this game. Um, But the ghost options are dishonorable and you can do stealthy kills. You could throw stuff like fire, firecrackers and stuff to distract people, and then you can assassinate them. Basically, one-hit kills where you jump from a freaking roof and put a, put a samurai sword down there, up their butthole. Um, you can also use smoke bombs to distract people, and then you can get in a kill shot. The bad guys will learn to fear the ghost if you're playing this way. You do have a grappling hook, which is freaking awesome. There are upgrade uh, trees Uh, to unlock different skills. You can fully customize Jin's armor, who's the main character. And it does change the way you play. Photo mode is there. There's a Japanese voice track with subtitles, which if I play this game, that's the way I'll be playing it. And there's also Samurai Cinema mode, which is black and white grainy mode to mimic old Samurai movies. This is the one thing that I was like, that's just not for me. This game is so pretty. I want to play it in color. Uh, I'm not big on old Samurai movies or anything like that. So this didn't speak to me at all, but I do like the Japanese uh, voice track with the subtitles. Although like Adam pointed out to me on Twitter as of now, or as of this demo, clearly the, the mouths don't match up at all with the Japanese voice track. So they need to fix that. Otherwise that's going to be kind of, it's going to pull you out of the moment, but Sean, what do you think? I think we've both been kind of lukewarm on this game. We both watched the state of play. 
Um, what do you think about Ghost of Tsushima? I don't know. It it just kind of reminds me of Sekiro, which also didn't really yep. do it for me. I, I don't know. I get what they're going for. It looks beautiful. Um, the, the combat just does not... It just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. It's not... I don't know. I know that's how Sekiro was where you don't really fight. I mean, you fight, but like... It's all parody. It's basically a one-hit kill. Yeah, you just have to wait for an opening and then you stab the guy and that's it and you move on. And I don't know. The... I don't know. I just want I just want Bloodborne. Give me more Bloodborne. Just give like, me Bloodborne too. It seems yeah. like all these games are like trying to be Bloodborne, but not too much Bloodborne. And I really just want Bloodborne. Yeah, I I was impressed when I watched this, but I don't know that they showed me anything that was like, oh my god, I have to play this game, especially with it coming out four weeks after the Last of Us Part Two, when I'm probably going to be emotionally drained. Um, I think I'm kind of, I, I, I'm a wait and see right now in this game. If this game, if the review embargo breaks and this is at a friggin' 95 on Metacritic, then I'm going to say, okay, what the hell I will, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll give it a try. Yeah. Uh, but right now this just, it, <laughs> It looks beautiful, but it doesn't seem like it's really, like you said, the combat reminds me of Sekiro. Kind of reminds me of Neo a little bit too, not having played it, but just having watched it. Um, but it does kind of seem like it might be a Soulsborne kind of game that's just way, way, way obviously more grounded in reality. Um, if I do get this game, I'm going to go ghost mode as much as I can. I'm going to jump off roofs and, you know, stick samurai swords up people's butts and stuff. <laughs> like it's, that's definitely the way, like, obviously it's not a metal cure game, but I do miss the stealth style of video games and that intrigues me, but there's nothing that like, there's nothing that jumps out to me about this game and says, you have to get this day one. Unless, like I said, unless Metacritic's at like at a 95 and it's the best PS4 game ever, then I'll be there day one. But right now I'm, I'm kind of waiting and see as, as impressive as this was, it's just does, it doesn't feel right now like a Kevin game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm not, I haven't, I guess I wouldn't say I've just written it off completely, but yeah, if somehow the reviews come out and it's just like an all-time great, sure, I'll check it out, but I don't know. I don't yep. see it. Yeah, we're on the same page. And the last item here, uh, apparently the team behind Resident Evil 3 Remake made some specific changes to the story to make it tie into RE4. This comes from VGC. The Resident Evil 3 remake development team have revealed they made changes to the game specifically to link it to RE4. Sean, I cannot wait to get your thoughts on this. In a new interview with the PlayStation blog, interview... You changed something here. No, I didn't. With a PlayStation blog, comma, interview, answers credited to the development team, claim, well, whatever. Answers credited to the development team claimed that the original design of RE3's nemesis was changed to better place him within the series timeline. 
small spoilers. I'm not even going to say spoilers because it's just one enemy type. Zombies infected by nemesis with parasites were deliberately made visual, visually similar to the Plagueis infected Ganatos in order to connect RE3 with 4, the development team said. By the way, I brought this up when we talked about it after we both played it. Quote, we inevitably decided on Nemesis' final ability due to the presence of Ganado in Resident Evil 4. The interview reads, referring to RE4's humanoid enemies. Ganado are humanoid enemies that are created through being infected with a Plagas parasite. The original basis for NE Alpha. The team adds, we wanted an NE Alpha infected enemies to be visually similar to the Plagas infected Ganados as a means for fans to piece together how Nemesis fits within the whole Resident Evil franchise. The changes potentially, that's the end of the quotes, the the changes potentially represent a significant retcon to Resident Evil's storyline, as in the original RE4, the Umbrella Corporation is still investigating the Plagas. RE4 sees Umbrella Agent Ada Wong dispatched to obtain as much information as possible on Plagas and attempt to secure a sample, a sample. The news adds further credence to a VGC report revealing that Capcom is working on an RE4 remake. Um, everything else is just ending that. So, Sean. So, clearly, and I didn't know this because I never played RE3, the original. But the the whole, like, like we talked about when we reviewed RE3, RE3 make, um, when I started seeing these guys with their heads exploding and, like, the worms coming out of their heads, I was like, this reminds me of RE4. <laughs> Obviously, this wasn't in, in RE3, but do you have any issues with them kind of retconning RE3 and, in turn, RE4? And what do you think that means for the, obviously, we're getting it, RE4 make? I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, I guess it makes sense. I, I feel like 4 and 5 and, I don't know, maybe 6 just seemed like they just decided that zombies were too i don't know we we moved past zombies let's Cliché. give you a new challenge and so i kind of like what they did but it just seemed like they just totally flipped the script and just said eh, we used to have this virus to turn people into zombies and now it's like this parasite that just turns them into kind of still zombies um, I don't know. I like it. I have, I have zero problem with it. I don't, I played resident evil basically just as somewhere in the order of seven or eight, nine, ten standalone titles, not something that's like a continuous story that I'm so invested in. Like, if you want to change the story, like go for it. I think the game's going to be awesome whether it's they've changed you know the the origin or whatever of the plagas compared to the original like i have i have zero problem with it it's not going to affect the game at all the game's going to be fantastic regardless um i'm totally fine with it but i also would have been fine if they didn't change a single thing about the story so yeah i think i'm i'm with you there uh <sighs> I still don't know, like like they're saying it it puts Nemesis into the timeline that affects RE4, but they're not saying that like 
nowhere in that game, like I read so many of the notes and stuff that you find throughout RE3, nowhere in there did it say anything about, like it just said, well, what, what did it say? It said he was a tyrant. I think it said he was, it was a tyrant that was infected with a parasite is what I remember seeing. But I saw nothing that actually made me think, oh my God, it's the Plagas. You know what I mean? Right. So I think they did it very subtly. And if they, if they didn't come out and say this, I would have just thought what I, what I thought when we reviewed it, that's like, Oh, that's weird. They, this enemy reminds me of RE4. Um, I don't know. The, the, the only thing that worries me is I don't want them to really change anything about the story in RE4. And I don't think this forces them to at all, but it just kind of just makes me worry if they were going to change this element, just don't change anything about four except the controls and make it prettier. Um, but yeah, I, I still think RE4 deserves a remake. I think RE1 needs it more and probably Code Veronica from what I've heard from people. Uh, but I'm so stoked to get RE4 remake. Yep, I I can't wait. It is great. Sean, let's get to the wrap-up. Uh, a report came out this past week from an insider. He goes by Iron Man on Twitter. Don't joke, apparently he's legit that says that uh, he's saying that game in the UK, uh, which is like their version of GameStop, uh, is saying that the PS5 will release on what I've said for two years now, November 20th, 2020, and that pre-orders will begin next month in June. Uh, All this with a huge grain of salt. There was also job listings that went up. Uh, for marketing for the PS5, saying it was going to release in October, and Sony said, no, 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 no. That was a mistake by the hiring firm. We're not releasing it in October. We we disavow everything. So at this point, maybe it'll come out in freaking August. Who knows? Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Remastered are coming out September 4th on everything. Uh, it's Tony Hawk, again, like I said in, on Twitter and on a previous podcast, I've never played one second of a Tony Hawk game that I'm aware of but people are stoked for this. It looks pretty cool. It's only 40 bucks. Uh, they're bringing back all the courses, online multiplayer, create a skater, blah, 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 blah. The soundtrack looks cool. There is also a hundred dollars collect a hundred dollar collector's edition that comes with a full size skateboard deck. So that's kind of cool. Are you excited at all for this? Yeah. Okay. I've literally never played them. Um, now you bring back, you give me SSX, tricky remastered i'm in never really got into tony tony hawk though see i think i only played ssx because you had or because i watched you play it and i was like holy crap this looks amazing it was so much fun but like i i i remember watching like when i lived in a suite in college with like six dudes and they loved tony hawk and i was like this doesn't look fun or it looks too complicated or something but obviously i'm in the the vast minority when it comes to these games so yeah i am too I'm happy for everybody that's happy. PlayStation announced Inside the Last of Us Part 2, which is a four-part video series. Uh, episode 1 is live now. It's going to focus on the making of The Last of Us and the story. So I will not be watching any of it. And also, the comments probably spoil everything. So there's that. Came out that Square Enix is apparently not hosting a non-E3 event this year. Uh, issues with working from home and everything related to coronavirus, which keeps effing us all over. Uh, so instead of doing one event, they're just going to announce games individually throughout the summer. Um, so I'm okay with that. 
what, what are they going to, they're not going to announce Final Fantasy 16 or seven remake two. Like, I don't know. What do I care about? Who is Kareem Garcia? Nintendo Switch Online updates for this month. The Super Nintendo is getting Operation Logic Bomb, Panel, Dupont, and Wild Guns, and the NES is getting Rygar. I, I really just want to find whoever is in charge of SNES and NES on Switch Online and legit just punch them in the face mm-hmm. i was like, gonna literally say throw, but, what know. are you what are you doing like if if games are gonna be this long in between releasing them and this is what you come out with like i i know nothing literally nothing about um emulating i feel like i could just learn how to do it and it's get these and games paste. yeah like I don't know. I, I I really don't understand it. And they're not even trying to extract any more value from this. Like they're not just going to say like, like they never said for SNES games, you have to play 20 bucks or like 40 a year instead of 20. They, they never did anything like that. So what the hell are you doing? If you're not going to have a virtual console, obviously you have the ROMs for all these games. Just put them all out there. Well, yeah. I, when you have a month like this, like when Rygar is probably the biggest like announcement, you're you're doing the Switch Online wrong. I will say, so the panel Dupont was a Japanese exclusive. It's kind of like a a match three columns ish kind of versus game, which looks cool. And then Operation Logic Bomb, it was a top down like you walk vertical shooter, kind of like a Akari Warriors or something like that. So they look cool, but I'm never I'm not I'm not gonna be like, oh man, let me pull up SNES online to play these games. So yeah. whatever. Uh Iron Man VR finally has a new release date of July 3rd. It was weird when they delayed Last of Us 2 and Iron Man and they announced a new date for Iron Man, but they didn't or for Last of Us, but didn't announce it for Iron Man. Also weird, they're putting this game out literally right smack dab between the last of us two and ghost of Tsushima. So they do not care a rat's patoot about this game. And it sucks. Cause it looks really cool. Sean, you should probably, I'll, I'll try to get you a review code. That'd be cool. Yeah. The turbo graphics 16 mini is no longer infinitely infinite in indefinitely delayed. It's out May 22nd. And for some reason, this thing costs $100. I, I really just don't know who, who's buying this. Like who is this marketed I, towards? It's it's got to be mostly Eastern audiences, I think, because it was way bigger over there than it was here. I will say, remember when randomly, like a month ago, we were recording a podcast and we got a comment on a uh, our streets of our Street Fighter Two versus episode, and somebody was saying how the PC Engine slash TurboGrafx sixteen version is better than the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. I randomly had a video pop up from Sega Lord X, which I think is going to be my new favorite channel. He's a guy that just loves Sega, obviously. And well, no, maybe it wasn't him. Uh, Whatever it was, somebody actually, I, for the first time I saw the PC engine version of street fighter two champion edition. And other than these weird black bars, I know where like on the side of the life bars, you know how you get the, like the, the peace signs for when you went around they're there they're just not colored in and behind them there's a black line 
but then you can still see the background above it and below it. So it's just odd. But other than that, it looks pretty damn near arcade. It looks better than Genesis. It sounds better than Genesis. Probably looks at least as good as Super Nintendo, but I feel like the sprites are more true to the arcade than the Super Nintendo was. Um, and it sounds perfect. And I didn't even know this was a thing. So shout it out sounds, to them. It sounds what? What did I say? You said perfect, but it sounds perfect. What? There you go. It does sound perfect. Uh, the Mafia Trilogy was kind of announced. It's coming out for Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Apparently, by the time this posts, uh, it, it looks like Mafia 2 will already be out. Um, Mafia, which was originally released on the PS2 and the Xbox original, is getting a definitive edition complete remake. Not a remaster, a complete remake. This game looks beautiful, according to leaked screenshots that showed up on Xbox somewhere across the world. Uh, it's a full remake with extra story elements and everything. Uh, the mob, Mafia, like I said, Mafia 2 is going to be out this week, apparently, and we'll be getting more details uh, yesterday as you're listening to this, May 19th. So, yeah. <clears throat> Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga looks like it's coming out October 20th. They said that's when it was coming out. Then they took the video down and they put it back up without October 20th, but it looks like it's coming out October 20th. So they're going to have like 500 characters somehow in this thing. I don't even know how that's possible. So what is this cover? All nine. Wow. Wow. I can't imagine what a, I kind of don't even want to get into it, but what a, the last Jedi game would be like, like, Riding the weird little lizard horse the, things through the, the casino. The or horse camels. A very, very slow space chase or it would be the kissing least. people instead of fighting because you have to do it with what with love and not with fighting or whatever. Like it would be the worst playing game of all time. I w- I would think so, yeah. I love you, Bernardo. I'm glad we didn't go too deep into that. <laughs> When you were on here, because I was, I was, I was ready to, yeah. PGA Tour 2K21 is out August 21st. This looks really cool. Uh, previously, this was known as the Golf Club. This was free on Games with Gold, I think, last month or something. Uh, I had never even heard of the Golf Club, um, but now Me that 2K's either. got it, hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully it'll be better than WWE 2K. So we'll see. And last but not least. Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming to Predator Hunting Grounds as Dutch. So that's cool. This game, some people like it. I just, you couldn't pay me to play this game. (laughs) It's just not for me. Sean, let's bump it to next week. This is a long podcast. (laughs) That's fine. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for episode 183. And I'm not saying that because I have to pee. That's it for 183. Thank you guys so much for being here. As you know, you can always find us at nerd901.com. Again, remember, twitch.tv slash nerd901. Just keep keep your ears and eyes and everything else tuned to it to the rest of the week, for the rest of the week. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing amazing things over there. I think I saw St. Jude is now over 1.1 million or something like that that they've raised through really? St. Jude Play Live, which is fantastic. And Nerd901 is also where they're connecting nerds across the Mid-South and the multiverse. And also, like I mentioned earlier, check out youtube.com slash blurred without fear. He's our brother from our other mother. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Kevin White 24. I don't know which way I'm supposed to put, but he's 
point, but he's at real Sean White. <laughs> Together we're at two player underscore co-op. You know, Patreon, Twitch, YouTube, audio services around the multiverse and all that other fun stuff. Uh, this episode was chock full of news and I knew it was going to be a long one. I promise you, we will get back to the back of the box. Um, but these last few episodes have been a little long in the tooth. We'll bring it back. Don't worry. I promise. Did we do one last week? No, no, I think we're, we'll, we'll bring it back. I've got a game for Sean that I've been sitting on for like three years for now. Um, so I'm going to bring that out next week. Cause if, uh, well, everything could change. They, they could reveal the PS5 tomorrow. For all I know, who knows? <laughs> um, but until next time, Sean, go ahead and take us out. Thank you for playing.